On tonight's show, we have barrel horse racer and entrepreneur, Brianna Kerrigan. And now, for your host, Cool Card. Welcome, everybody, to episode 102 of Kicking It With Cool Card. I am your host, Cool Card. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, it's a blessing to be here, man. Episode 102. Wow. We made it, y'all. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Oh, Century Mart. This is crazy. But yeah, uh, I, I enjoy bringing this to you every week, every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know I am here with someone new. You never know who I might have. So continue tuning in. And if this is your first time, I do invite you to subscribe so you can continue Getting the jewels and the gems that my guests bring. I'm telling you, transparency on here is everything, and they bring it every time. Just giving you jewels, nuggets, things you can take back. You may want to know some things about what they do, some struggles, how to overcome some things, and they got all the answers for you. So, you know, I do this for you. You can't do it without you. Uh, last week on episode 101, I had Pamela Aaron. She's a, a, a health coach and a personal trainer. Check her out. She has the Body by Pam fitness app. You can get fit in 20 minutes. All that good stuff. You can check her out at you can check her out on Instagram at Pamela the Beauty and PamelaTheBeauty.com. So you guys make sure you check her out and show her some love. All right. Uh, this week, man, we got some horse riding going on, some barrel racing. Listen, I never knew barrel racing existed until I stumbled upon this woman here. Um, <laughs> I got, let me make sure I say it right. I, I think it's horse bell racing or barrel horse racing. One of the two. <laughs> Rihanna Kerrigan is joining me tonight, guys. And she's going to tell you all about her experiences with raising horses, riding horses, racing horses, and just everything. Entrepreneurship. I mean, she's doing it all. Fantastic. All right. So I'm going to bring her in with a nice, warm welcome to Cool Way. And we're going to dive right in, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Brianna Kerrigan. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Awesome. I just thank you for um, lending me your time, coming on, mm -hmm. and um, being willing to be transparent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so listen, I want to start my show off with a nice little prayer, as long as yeah. you're cool with that. Uh, we got to get a man is just due. All right, we're going to jump into that and then we'll we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for allowing us this moment, this time to come together 
um, to speak eloquently about Brianna's craft, her skill, Heavenly Father Jesus, and her life. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for just providing her time, Heavenly Father Jesus. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for just giving us life, love, and abundance, Heavenly Father Lord Jesus. We just thank you for the food on our table, the clothes on our back, and the roofs over our heads. Lord Jesus, we just give you all the victory, all the glory, all the love, all the praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Brianna, mm-hmm. tell us about yourself. Horses, you got your entrepreneur. I mean, mm-hmm. man, listen, like I said in the intro, I didn't even know anything about barrel horse racing. I just knew about horse racing. I knew about rodeo. So, mm-hmm. real okay, tell me this. Hor- okay. Like barrel horse, how do you say, is it barrel horse racing or horse barrel racing? How do you say it? So... It's barrel racing. Okay. You like, if you were just telling somebody, you know, we ride barrel horses, we run barrel horses, whatever we do, barrel racing on a horse. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, we don't really do it with, you know, any other animal or piece of equipment. So, right. Okay. We run barrels. Is that part of the rodeo? Is that an event in the rodeo? So, this could take the whole time frame in itself. (laughs) So, there's rodeo. And there's barrel racing, which barrel racing, you can kind of classify into different things. I'm going to keep it really easy and we're just going to call it an open jackpot. Okay. So if I wanted to go to my local club and run at their barrel race, I can do that. Okay. But rodeo, you actually have to have a, depending on their sanctioning, a permit or a card, like a membership to Mm -hmm. compete in. So they're the two different things. Okay. So clarify something. You said club. Mm-hmm. What is the club? Mm-hmm. The club would just be like any of the people in your area that put together a barrel race. Okay. So. So, okay. And then as far as the permit for the rodeo, is that a national permit or is that a state to state permit? How does that work? It's usually more area. So okay. if we're talking professional level, um, you're talking for barrel racing for women because uh, rodeo is not exactly, um, there's the men's PRCA mm. okay. and there's the women's professional barrel racing association because women cannot compete professionally in roping or riding Bronx. Why? That's, that's just the way history has been. So for barrel racing, Men can't compete barrel racing for the Women's Professional Barrel Racing Association, but they could enter any kind of fraternity or open jackpot or any of that thing. They just, as far as the the professional rodeo standards go, that's how the rules have always been. Never knew that. Yeah. I know I've never really seen a woman ride a bull. I don't think I have. There are some. There are? Okay. When there's, if you have like an open rodeo, you could enter, I could enter riding bulls or if i wanted to ride bareback bronx i could at an open rodeo so open is not the competition the like the circuit competition type of thing yeah an open open rodeo would mean that no matter your age your gender what association you belong to you could enter that all you got to do is pay your entry fee and you're good Okay, got you, got you. Yep. So let's double back now. Let's give give us a little background about yourself. Now, you where are you from? How long have you been doing this? When did you just discover your love for horses? Like, I got so many questions for you. Give <laughs> give us something. <laughs> okay, so 
let's see. I didn't know barrel racing existed until 2012. Okay. I was in, I actually went through massage school and there was a girl in my class who did barrel racing. So I had always loved horses ever since I could walk or talk. I had everything about them. I always wanted one. I probably could have bought one if I was given a nickel for every time I had asked for a horse. <laughs> um, I was 10 years old when I got my first horse, but she was a, I think she was a five month old filly. So she was, you have to, you have to wait till horses are at least two years old because of the way they grow. Okay. They're not strong enough to ride until they've hit a certain age where their bones all fuse. So I had, you know, about a year and a half to just play with this baby horse. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it all started was I just played with this baby horse. And by the time she was two, she was broke enough for me to ride. And so then I would have been about 12. Um, I didn't know sports like this existed. I just thought people just trained horses and rode them. So that's all I did. Then I got older and I found out barrel racing existed. And then it started like the hard, grueling, probably four years of trying to figure out how this sport works Mm -hmm. and how to get better and like that was like the hardest part of all of it um yeah so you okay so basically what you're telling me is you you grew up with horses sort of yeah with your horse yeah so you 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 yeah okay you develop a love for horses first (laughs) growing up with this horse now when you discovered barrel racing, okay, when you discovered barrel racing, did you go out and buy another horse or did you already have a horse at the time? So I had a horse that she didn't know how to run barrels. Okay. She had been trained on it. So we had to learn together, which looking back at it now, I probably wouldn't suggest that to somebody because a green rider and a green horse trying to learn something together is going to take forever. <laughs> okay. But if you have a horse that knows what it's doing and you don't, you can kind of learn faster because the horse already knows its job. Okay. And vice versa. If you're a, you know, rider that's ridden plenty of barrel horses, you know how to ride, you know how to train, and you're taking a green horse along, you're going to be able to teach it to run the barrels a lot faster. Now, is so, that, is that, how you say, is it Freya? Freya? What's, what's the horse? Freya. Freya. Yeah. That Freya that you had to learn with or she came later nope she came later so the horse that i um learned on her name was hope uh i got her as a two-year-old filly my dad told me if i dumped the boyfriend he'd buy me a horse (laughs) uh the boyfriend was gone (laughs) for probably two months and i was like that's probably enough insurance so i said dad i found the horse and he handed me two hundred dollars to go buy her because she was at a horse rescue Oh, wow. So, I mean, norm- yeah, normally you don't buy horses for that cheap. I know. I was so, like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I went and I got her and she was only two. So, I had to do all the training all over again. So, I've never owned a horse I haven't trained myself, which oh. is weird. Um, But, yeah. So, I trained her along. We started winning checks. And then she just, it was kind of getting to the point where I was like, I felt like she was kind of capping out. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I'd leave the arena and I just was like, I don't know why I entered. I don't know why I bothered paying her entry fee to try and make a run. Like it just got discouraging. Yeah. So I thought maybe she's not to the level that I think she could be. So, so then I was. I'm sorry to cut you off, but when you say she's, you thought she was capping out, mm-hmm. do you think, was it because she, I mean, 
I mean, that's so many questions. It's because I was capped out. Because you were capped out. I didn't know what I know now. Okay, got you. All right. And so it's it's one of those things where it's like you never stop learning. Okay. You know, if you feel like you're hitting a wall with your horse, go ask somebody else for help. Okay. So most times when that happens, it's not the horse, it's you. Or the trainer, I should say. The training. Yeah. Okay. And... Mm -hmm. So I want to know too, what does it take to train a horse to do this type of stuff? Like, you know what I mean? What what does it take? There's a lot that goes into it. Um, Depending, really, you kind of have to ask yourself, what do you want to accomplish? So what are your goals? Mm -hmm. If you want to make it to the national finals rodeo, you're going to be going by a very expensive horse and taking a lot of lessons on learning how to ride that Ferrari. Like, okay. um, if your goal is just, you just want to have fun. You just want to go ride at the local club with your friends and hopefully pull some checks. You can go get just about any horse can do that for you. Okay. But, um, and when you're saying checks, you're meaning money, right? Yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, that's what everybody wants is they want to go run barrels and leave with money in their pocket, you know, or a big shiny buckle. Um, okay it's a lot harder than it sounds though so i've been competing for i think six six seven years somewhere i still haven't won a buckle Mm, but you've won some checks i i've won checks okay so okay so when you win a check does that mean like you came in third place second place and you just didn't win the buckle or how does that work so it depends on where you're competing okay Rodeos, they will pay down the top. Sometimes it's only four places. It depends on how much money is entered. Sometimes they'll pay down 15 places. Really just depends on their payout system. Okay. Um, jackpots typically run in what's called a 5D format. I planned ahead for this because I figured this would probably happen. <laughs> so. There we go. Can you can you read it? Yeah, it's in the inverse, but we can see it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I tried to write it backwards so that it comes through correctly. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah, you should have wrote it properly. Like, we would have seen it. Ah, oh, well, shoot. Oh, well. Anyway. No, flip it over. <laughs> we might be able to tell if you flip it over a little better. Flip it over. I don't know. Okay, okay. so on a standard size pattern, okay. 17 seconds is considered a really nice time, a really okay. good time. So that's what would start your 1D. That's what that's supposed to say. Okay. All right, I got you. <laughs> so... Then what they do, that would be the person that won the race, ran a 1D time. 1D, okay. So half a second after that would start your 2D, okay. and then half a second after that, your 3D, half a second after that, your 4D, half a second after that, your 5D. Okay. So that way, the person that won the 1D wins money, the person that won the 2D wins money, the person that won the 3D. So it's kind of giving people that aren't the best a chance to still run and win money because they just fall into a lower division. Okay. And encouragement to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And like as, because everybody starts out as a 5D rider. And that's something that bothers me is people are like, oh, they're just 5D riders. It's like one day they're going to be 1D riders. Yeah. Well, you're you're 1D, right? Because I've heard like 17 point something in in one of your races, (laughs) one of them videos. So that's the other thing is arenas are all different. Okay. So there's when people say a 17 second standard pattern, mm-hmm. they're talking about a certain measurement. But like when you run indoors, a lot of the time those arenas are not a full standard. So you're running small patterns. Because I heard so, 14 sometimes too, right? 
So would that yeah. be the smaller pattern? Yeah. Okay, makes sense now. Okay, because I was going to ask yeah. you where all courses set up with the same distances because I heard 17 okay. and I heard 14. I'm like, that's a big gap. Your horse yeah. must have been tired that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just, yeah, the pattern's all vary. So like um, the NFR, which is the National Finals Rodeo, they run in a very small arena. Okay. So their fast times, I want to say the arena record is like a 13 point three seven mm-hmm. maybe it's a three one so okay. it's like super fast so we have one arena close to us that runs that same pattern and i think the best we've ever clocked there was maybe a 14 five but it's it's so hard because it's indoors the barrels are so close together the walls are like right there yeah. that when you're riding your horse especially freya the kind of like the style of run that she has she sees the wall and she's like there's a wall there. Um, mom, there's a wall. And it's like, yeah, keep going. And she's like, are you nuts? <laughs> and so this last race I went to, I took her in early to do what we call time onlys. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you can use it like a practice run. I chose to use it as a, like, take her in and let her see how much space is between that barrel and the yeah. wall. Okay. And as the, when we were just kind of going through, she's like, well, that's really close. And I'm like, but look how much space you have. And by the third time through, she's like, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of room. So, so, so you've been, on, run, you've been riding like, before and you could feel her kind of like pulling back because she yeah. sees that wall. Yeah. Oh, wow. So then that, then that hurts your time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because wow. I mean, and a lot of horses, what will happen is like they start hesitating and then they'll end up slowing down so much that they tip the barrel. I saw that. And listen, I, yeah, yeah <laughs> you get hold on. So I got I got a, <laughs> I got a clip queued up. And I want to show everybody okay. what you do. And then I okay. want to come back and let you talk about the technical aspect of running the race. Like, tell okay. us how it's scored. Tell us, you know, the distance you need to be going around the barrel. What happens if you mm-hmm. dock the barrel over? What type of points do you dock? Like, I want to know all that. But we're going to cut to this clip and then we'll get into that. Okay. Cool? All right. Yep. All right. There we go. So, guys, that was Brianna doing what she does very well. Uh, barrel racing. <laughs> so let's get into the technical aspect of that because I saw that you knocked a barrel over on one of the, on the last clip, um, and then it's like I just for me it's like crazy that you can train these horses to do whatever it is you want them to do while you're mm-hmm. on the back. Like I just need to know how that works, and then I need to know the technical aspect of just the race itself. Like, can you break that down? The scoring. Mm-hmm. the split times between the barrels all that talk your talk your lingo <laughs> okay so <laughs> i'll start with that um the funnest part about barrel racing is that it's not judged it's timed okay so there's no bias it's just the clock mm-hmm. okay so there's all these different pattern sizes there's usually rules about there's got to be so much space between the barrels and the walls and whatever um then it's it's really just you against the clock. You know, from the time from the second you go through that timer eye, it starts your timer. And then what you saw in both of those videos, those were actually both pro rodeo runs. Okay. So there was a flagger that in case the eye failed, then the flag would be what they tracked for the timer. Um, then what I mean when it comes to training these horses for this, first, I think people need to know how to speak horse. <laughs> the way as it sounds, it's like, 
I can't, I can't, I don't think I can train dogs, but I can train horses because I understand how their mind works. Okay. Um, don't ask me why my dog behaves as well as he does, but <laughs> it's just, that's just a weird coincidence. Um, but with horses, it's like, I can go in and I can just feel Freya's energy. And it's like, she kind of like the way she'll look at you, the way she'll move your ears, the way she'll kind of like respect your space or try to push you around. I really get this vibe of like, we're going to need a little more of a warm up session before, uh, we go to run our barrels. Cause, um, not like we need to have like a come to Jesus moment. Like we just need to talk yeah. and we need to get things, the air clear. <laughs> kind of just what it is but um I think more than anything a lot of people focus on training the physical horse Mm. but they don't train the mental Mm. and Freya has really taught me that where my first horse I just thought you just turn the barrels you just go in there and you just pull their head around kick them to make them run faster Freya is so she's humble She's sweet. She's not very confident. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cute to see after a run, if it's a really good run, she's walking out there like head high and she's like, <laughs> I deserve those cookies, mom. Where are them cookies? And she is just like proud of herself. Like she knows when she Uh-oh. made a really good run. But if you were to like say that she did something incorrect and you were to whip her for it or you were to like, I don't know, some people like, they'll seesaw their horse's mouth with their hands, she would be broken. Like she would have a meltdown and she'd be like, I'm so sorry. You deserve somebody better. Please go saddle up one of the other horses. Like she beats herself up. Wow. So you kind of have to know like what kind of horse you're riding. Like you got to mentally understand, you know, if you keep running them through the barrels over and over and over, they're going to get burnt out. They're not going to love their job. And they're just going to like, they're going to be anxious all the time. So you kind of have to like understand where are they at mentally. And That's crazy to hear that. the psychological aspect of the horse. Like no one would ever think, I mean, I, I would never think that the horse would even know what the hell they're doing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. maybe I, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't give the horse enough credit. I mean, animals are hard <laughs> as hell, but you know, mm-hmm. I just never thought that they would even know what they were doing. You know, like you're just, yeah. You're riding them, so and you're controlling. Yeah. Them. So you said two things. Um, you said seesaw their mouth. What do you mean by that? So some riders, when I saw it this weekend when I was competing, um, they were mad at their horse because their horse kept pushing their head up. And what'll happen is when they push their head up into the air, they can kind of get away from the bit pressure. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is with their reins. They'll pull one rein at a time. They'll pull right, left, right, uh, left, right, left. Oh, okay. And it'll bring their head down. Mm-hmm. Does and that hurt? It can, depending on the bit that they're using. Okay. And I find that a lot of horses, when they're putting their head up, they're trying to get away from you, one. And they're trying to tell you that that's too much pressure. And that's why they're trying to escape it. So then you come at them with even more pressure. And it's like you're you're harming your relationship. Right. So how are you going to expect that horse to trust you and want to run for you when you're kind of bullying them along a little bit? So when you say too much pressure, you're talking about the, what is it, what you pull? With your hands, yeah, on your reins. Oh, so is that what's making them go, though? Are you pulling that to make them go or are you pulling that to control the direction? You're kind of like pulling that, trying to get their head down so that they listen, mm. so that they like 
come back to you in a ways, but okay. they're just they're just trying to communicate that they that aren't happy with what's going on. Right. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so how do you get them to turn the barrel? How do you get them to go around and all that? Is that just all in the movement? Like I'm serious. I'm asking these questions. I don't know. <laughs> so I um, only let me tell you this. I've ridden horses a couple times and it was straight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> straight. So a lot of people think you pull right to go right, you pull left to go left. When you truly know how to actually like ride a horse, true horsemen, they don't need reins because all they need is their legs and their body. Um, have you ever ridden a Segway? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can confirm this. I've never ridden one. I just, I tell people, I think this is what it's probably like. Um, when you lean forward on a Segway, it goes forward goes faster. Forward, yeah, yeah. And so when you're sitting center, you're balanced and you're not moving. Correct. If you lean back, you go back. Correct. Same with a horse. A horse wants to keep you centered on, the, on their back in center balance. So you lean forward, they're like, I have to move forward to get you back to center. If you sit back, they want to back up to get you back to center. So a true horseman, when they're riding, they lean further forward. Their horse goes faster forward. If they stop and sit down, their horse is going to stop. And if they keep sitting back, their horse will back up. Now, wow. you have to train some of this okay. because this is natural. And now we're going to exaggerate it with training. Hmm. So with some of the stuff you've seen me do with Freya, where... I ride her around bridalist. It's because I'm using my seat to tell her go forward, my seat to tell her to stop, but then it's my legs applying pressure to ask her to turn. So okay. horses have three buttons on their sides. If you're looking at the side of a horse by their shoulder, that if you applied pressure at their shoulder, it would tell them to turn away from it. If you applied pressure to the rib cage, like just as if somebody poked you in the rib, you would like bend oh okay same and then if you applied pressure a little bit closer to their hip they would move their hip away so okay. when you're riding them you're using your legs if you want them to turn in a circle you would apply your leg to their belly to the rib cage to cause them to go from a straight line to bending mm. wow that is great <laughs> yeah, i was gonna ask it's you all that too i'm like how is it because you, you know you said Earlier, you said first you have to know how to ride the horse or learn how to be, yeah, you know, just ride the horse correctly. So I was going to mm -hmm. ask you, like, what is what is the technical <laughs> aspect of riding a horse? Like, you know, we all can go mm -hmm. somewhere and get up on a horse and be like, yeah, I rode a horse today. She didn't really yeah. ride the damn horse. <laughs> you know, you know, my husband, he says my horses have too many buttons. <laughs> He's like, I just want to I just want to go. I want to pull right, go right, pull left, go left, pull back and stop. And he's like, there's too many buttons on yours. <laughs> so, and Freya, she's, is she the only horse that you race right now? Yes. Okay. How many so, horses do you own? I have two. You have two, okay. Um, I had three. I bred one of my mares last year and she had a foal this year. Okay. But when she... It was about a month and a half after she had had her foal. She colicked, and we had to put her down. Wait, hold on, so, hold on, hold on. You're speaking foreign to me now. She had her foal. What does that mean? So I bred the mare. Okay. She had her baby. Okay. And a month and a half later, she died. Oh, okay. She had colic. So, 
colic, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in in horses, colic is usually where there's an impaction in their stomach, and horses cannot throw up. Really? So, yeah, there's because of the stomachs, their where their stomach is um, aligned, pretty much it would explode before they could throw up. I yes. mean, does that happen? So, Do they explode? No, typically not. Okay. They typically okay. what would happen is. When a horse colics, it's very uncomfortable. So they go to the ground and they start rolling. Okay. When they're rolling, they can twist their stomach, which can cause a lack of blood circulation, oh. which at that point, your chances of saving them look very slim. Um, for us around here, if that was to happen, we'd have to send them to Pullman to get um, surgery. Oh. And oh. when I found Hope was colicking, we were already too late, so we just had to call the vet out and um, let her go. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. It was rough. It was uh, really rough. And that, and Hope was your first when you started bell racing, so you had her the longest. Oh yeah, yeah, man. She was. Her and I, we were so similar. <laughs> we were both stubborn. We both had to have it our way. Like. She every day, every day she'd like, Can I, do I get to be the boss today? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, I'm the boss. I say what we do. And she'd, she'd test you every single time. And so then Freya, when she came along, she was so sweet. And she's like, yes, whatever you want to do. And I was like, see, this, this is nice. This is nice. And Hope's like. So, so and on Freya, when you got her, she was trained somewhat because you said it's better to get oh so you trained her too okay yeah <laughs> but but you were already skilled though so you already... I had yes okay i had already learned a lot okay um at that point i had done all if not most of my schooling through global equine academy to become a certified equine specialist okay so i had already trained hope from that point and so then with freya it was like you know that freya was the one that I bought because I wanted a horse that was specifically bred to run barrels. So, what does that mean? What does that so, mean? Specifically being bred to, I mean, hey, we talking, let's go. So <laughs> that, means, that means her mom ran barrels. Her dad okay. ran barrels. Um, Freya's dad actually ran and won go rounds at the Indian national finals rodeo. Mm -hmm. um, he mm -hmm. is a one D winner. Um, his sire pretty much you're kind of looking at like the same thing like she is like bred from royalty okay so she's got all the bloodlines that they've all run barrels they're all fast they can all turn um her full brother was actually standing for stud and is still standing for stud in canada so like it's just you, you gotta you gotta break that down what is what does standing for stud mean <laughs> Break it down. <laughs> See, I open my mouth and it just makes more questions. That's fine. Um, That's what we're here for. We're trying to so learn. Horses, especially like, so the industry, like there's so many ways to explain this. Um, Take your time. With barrel racing, there is things called futurities, which are for horses that are four and five years old who have not competed. Okay. So the idea is, that you want to showcase the bloodlines, the trainability, and your skills. So you will breed for a horse, you will train that horse, and then when they come four years old, 
now all of you and these other people that have trained four-year-olds are now competing to see who has the best bloodlines, mm. training abilities, and the best rider okay. to showcase what they can do with a horse that's not had a couple years of experience doing this already. And that's how you become stud? Not necessarily. You can, the horse themselves, they can just be bred really well or built really well. Some people like to breed for color. Um, that's kind of where things get a little scary because sometimes people will have like a flaw with their stallion that they're still willing to breed because he looks nice, but it can cause issues down the road with the babies that maybe they, um, trying to use the right terminology because I know if I say this word, you're going to ask the questions. Um, <laughs> if you breed a horse that's not very sound, you can end up with a horse later in life that goes lame. Okay. Lame means that they may have injuries that occur because of their okay. type of Okay, I got build. you. I got you. Okay. Okay, I got you. So, Injury prone because there's something in the, in the breeding that just... Yeah, it's a like... good way to look at it is like you're not going to ask a bodybuilder to become a sprinter. Okay. And you're not going to ask a sprinter, somebody who's built to sprint, to lift weights. Right. You know, these horses are built shorter backs, shorter cannon bones, big hips, big shoulders. They're meant to cover ground really fast, but be able to handle these bigger patterns to have enough oxygen to keep running but also get down in the dirt and turn. So they're not going to be able to be fancy jumpers because those are a completely different type of build for a horse. Okay. So I was worried that Hope just wasn't able to run the fast times because she wasn't built to do that. But she had the heart to keep going and win me checks. And then Freya, I was like, I want to win it all. And so I went and found me Freya. So now, are you? Would you consider yourself, or are you considered professional? Or are you just going to the local club? Or are you trying to go nationals? Like, what, what, where are you at with it? Well, I think technically, because I purchased my WPRA permit, I am considered professional, but I wouldn't use that title. <laughs> okay. Are you? But are, do you seek? Are you seeking that? Are you? You have aspirations to be professional, go to nationals, and all that. Or is it maybe more of a hobby? It's that is a like, it is very hard to go the whole way. Like, what what you're kind of asking is, um, do I want to go to the NFR, mm -hmm. the National Finals Rodeo for Barrel Racing? And that answer is probably no. Okay. Um, there that would involve most people that make it to the NFR, the top fifteen girls that make it there. They have spent probably seven months on the road competing. Oh, wow. They have entered over 60 rodeos. They have won somewhere over $150,000. And they're still barely breaking even. I mean, when you think about the expense of you've got, you've got to stay somewhere, yep. which usually a lot of these people, they have trailers with living quarters in them, but you still have to stall your horse. Right. You have to live on the road, so you're buying diesel for pulling your rig. You have to pay your entry fee. You may have to get a hotel every once in a while. You've got your home still, you know, that right. maybe have a mortgage, 
truck payment, a lot of people go through a truck in one season if they're hauling, trying to get to the NFR. Like they just put that many miles on a truck. Right. So it's a lot and it takes a village. And I just don't really see that being my story. Okay. But then again, I never like it. Somebody had said it before and I was like, no. And then somebody asked me that question again. And I was like, well, the no is a little less of a no. But I would love, um, they also kind of break it down a little bit more. So we have areas. So our rodeo, you can compete the Professional Rodeo Association. But we are in Washington, Oregon, Idaho. In a little bit of Montana is the Columbia River Circuit. Okay. And I think it'd be really amazing to one day, me and Freya, go to the Columbia River Circuit Finals. Okay. All right. So, See, that's a start. That's, that's that's my goal there. That my like big dream goal is because that's going to take a lot. That still that will still take a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, okay. So I don't know if this is a thing, but what if someone were to sponsor you in your journey to the what is it the NFR? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it does that happen? Is that a thing? Can corporations yeah. come and say, "Hey, I want to sponsor mm-hmm. you and send you on a road and whatever, whatever"? That that does happen yep. to kind of lighten yep. the load on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely. Um. Uh. I know there's a couple people that are sponsored by like Chevy or Ford or Dodge Ram. Um. Then there's people that they get sponsored by products. Okay. So it might be like a feed company, which. Some people don't realize like that's a huge money saver. You know, if if I could get all of my horse hay for free, that would save me, I don't know, over $1500 a year at least. Right. I mean, pr- probably way more than that actually. I haven't I don't want to know the math on that one. <laughs> um I mean, and I don't have too many horses, so it's not like I'm feeding like, you know, a lot of people. My husband likes to keep me uh controlled on how many horses I have which is a good thing because I don't I don't handle multiple horses very well I'm like I like to be able to give my attention to like one or two at a time yeah so but yeah um I'm sponsored by a clothing company who's also a really good friend of mine okay so she keeps me well dressed okay um then I own shamelessly fabulous leather so I make my own horse tack Okay, I was gonna, um, we're going to talk to you about that, too. We'll get into that. Yeah. Keep going. So um, then I was also sponsored by uh, one of the local photographers in my area. So he gave me a lot of, he gave me all my photos for free. I wanted to pay him because he does such an amazing job. And he's like, no, I sponsor you. This is my gift to you. And I'm like, I love companies like you. Let me support you. <laughs> so Yeah, those but, skills um, you sent were great. Yeah, it's so there's yeah, there's and I mean, there's way more sponsorships in it. You know, people will be sponsored just straight money, but yeah. um, it's it helps. It just doesn't always mean that, you know, you're going to break even like some people are they have amazing horses and they're able to enter 30 rodeos and win enough money to make it to the NFR. Mm. And then you've got girls that have entered over 100 rodeos and made it to the NFR. Wow. I mean, that's a huge price difference on how much yeah. you had to pay and travel. Right. To win that to get there. 
So how does one get a big sponsorship like a Chevy or something like that that'll kind of lighten the load for you? How does that happen? I think more than anything, you just have to be a really good salesperson. Mm. Because a lot of people, when they think of sponsorships, they think of a company is going to give me something. And that's not how it works. Okay. You are being given something in exchange for marketing. Got you. So... I think a lot of people don't realize that. So that's why, you know, big companies, when they're looking for who do we want to sponsor, it's who has a big platform, mm. who can share our name, who can showcase our product, who's going to talk about us the most and get our product out to as many people as possible. I would assume someone with a huge Instagram following, TikTok mm -hmm. following, because all that matters now. They want to know those numbers yeah. in business meetings. It's like, how many followers do you have? Like, damn. Yeah. This is where we are. This is where yeah. we are. You know, it, it's the, it's a thing. It's real mm -hmm. reality. And and like a lot of time, like say that you were sponsored a truck, you probably won't keep that truck. That'll be a one year sponsorship where you get to use that truck for one year, and then after the sponsorship deal is over, you give it back. Give it back. Nothing but a lease. Yep. <laughs> Nothing but a lease. Now, yeah. if you if if someone were to approach you with that, or you were to, able to acquire that, would that change your mind? Possibly. If it were to lighten the load and you didn't have to worry about where you're staying on the road and whatever. I don't I don't think so. No, because of the time, right? Well, it's that and it's a lot on you mentally. Okay. And I'd be thinking about home and how's my little girl doing? Yeah. And how's my husband doing? Does, you know, I I it'd be hard for me cuz it'd feel very selfish for me. To try go on an adventure like that, knowing that he's still at home working full time and we still have a daughter who's growing up without me there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe 20 years down the line when she's all grown up and maybe she's the one going, Mom, I want to go to the NFR and I just go with her. Uh, well, hey, that's possible. You know, that'll be it. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's possible. I mean, she's mm -hmm. watching you do what you do. So who knows, you know? Yeah. yeah. Maybe she'll decide, I want to be a world champion, Mom, and I'll say... I believe in you. Let's go do it. Yeah, and and, and there you go. You're living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I got the horses for her. <laughs> that would so. be dope. Now, you said you're an equine, equine specialist? Is that what you said? Equine specialist. Equine. Uh, say that again one more time. Equine. Equine. Mm-hmm. Like equestrian, but equine. Yep. Got you. Do, you. do you provide a service or do you just use that for yourself? I kind of more use it for myself. The schooling covered many topics. So it covered um, nutrition for horses. There was four different riding classes that you had to do. Mm. Um, there was stallion management because, you know, if you were going to um, stand a horse for stud, you were going to need to know all the breeding details of it. There was also a class just on breeding. So if you had the male, the mare side of things, then you had to understand their cycles and how to decide which stud to breed to which mare. Um, there was also an equine behavior and management, a um, uh, business marketing. Like there was a lot in it that really just kind of gave you a good working knowledge of all the different areas. Okay. Now, when you when you're when your date, like, I won't say that your days of riding will be over because you'll probably never stop riding. But when you stop competing, mm -hmm. would you ever consider starting a business and just training for others? 
It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I've done a little bit of training for people. Okay. But what's hard is like sometimes people don't understand why you do what you do. And they're like, well, so-and-so doesn't say that's right. And I'm like, then train your horse yourself. Right. Because I have my way of doing things. And if you want your horse to be like my horse, you got to open your mind a little bit to the way I do things. Right. But um, I don't know. You don't know? It's kind of hard. hard Listen, it's hard dealing with customers and providing Mm -hmm. a service, period. Yeah, it's it is. Hard. And if that's not your forte, that's not the energy mm-hmm. that you, <laughs> you want to yeah. deal with, then yeah, keep your peace. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I mean, like, I would be totally the heart. Okay, it'd be hard for me to let him go. But to breed my own horses, raise them, train them, sell them, that'd be a whole different story. Because I could do that. Okay. If I could let that horse go. <laughs> Because that'd be the hard part is like after you've you've spent all that time with it, then parting with it. But I, I think your husband would, you know. Yeah, he, you in he'd that have category. to say and things and he'd be like, you said you were going to sell this one. So uh, when we had Hope and Freya, the idea was we wanted to breed Hope and we said we would always keep that baby. Mm-hmm. But when we bred Freya, we were going to breed her to a really, really, really nice stud. So her baby would be worth at least 10 grand when it hit the ground. Okay. And I'm like, I'm going to have to breed to a really nice stud that's so nice that in my mind, I'm not going to do this full justice. And so that I'm going to have to get into the hands of somebody that can, or I'm going to want to keep this full. Like, that'll be a hard day to let that one go. (laughs) How much, um, on average, like how much is a how much does a good horse cost, and how and how pricey can they get? Um, well, a lot of it depends on bloodlines. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these fraternities, they're selling yearlings and two year olds, and sometimes they'll have a couple three year olds and whatnot. Um, there are some two year olds. That are selling for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. God, and you just said ten thousand. <laughs> what? Yes. And, and that's because you're talking like the dam is immaculate, one money produces amazing babies that are now winning money, kind of thing. And the stud the is of the same caliber. Dam is the the female. The, the mom. Okay, got you. Yeah. So they have the bloodline. They have the the the, the prize winning yeah. bloodline, so they can charge that. Yep. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You better be guaranteed <laughs> to bring yeah. in a check every time we hit the goddamn. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. So I mean, yeah, it's and nowadays it's like you can. My cousin, she. She told me, she's like, one day I want a horse. And she told me, I want Freya. And I was like, all right, well, I know what Freya costs. And I mean, it, it's not that kind of money, you know, yeah. not that like crazy amount. But um, her husband came to me uh, two years ago. Well, last year. Feels like forever. Last year. And he said, hey, I want to get Tiffany a horse for her birthday. And I was like, 
all right, what's your budget? You know, because I knew what kind of horse she wanted. Yeah. And he's like, you know, here's what we've got to work with. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, obviously we'd want to get her at least a two-year-old so we could start training it. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find two-year-olds for less than $5,000. Dang. So an untrained horse by the stallion that we're looking at, we couldn't find any of his babies for less than five grand. So we're like, I was like, okay, so um, you're going to be looking at a yearling with your budget. And uh, that means she's going to have a whole year to just kind of play with it. Play with it. Until she's old enough to uh, start training her under saddle. So. Yeah, I'd probably have to go and get me a yearling too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there it's. And I mean, like you start looking at, um, there's a event called working cow horse now that is super cool pretty much it's like the triathlon of horses they take uh one horse and they have to have it trained on raining working a cow down the fence and cutting what's raining so raining is showcasing how well that horse can travel a straight line hold its body bent on a circle Mm. slide to a stop spin and the rider looks like they're doing nothing like the rider looks like they're just sitting there with their hand holding the reins and that horse is just perfect circles, big, fast, slow, runs hard down the arena and just plants its butt and stops. Mm. And then the same horse has to go into the pen and cut a cow. So the idea with cutting is that you have the herd of cattle mm. and they're going to separate one cow from that herd and that cow is going to naturally want to go back to the herd. So that horse is going to kind of play in the middle and try to prevent that cow from getting back to its herd. Uh. Eventually, that cow is going to go, all right, I give up. And that's when you can turn your horse loose to now find another cow to showcase their skills on. So then the final one is working down the fence. So this would be in the case of if you were working cattle out on a ranch and you had a stray that just kind of took off running away from Mm. the herd, you would run that cow down the fence and turn them and kind of almost in a ways guide them around until they decide they're tired and they want to go back to their herd. Mm. And so there's a specific pattern to doing this event and it is like the coolest thing. But these horses, when I tell you they sell for like crazy amounts of money, it's insane. Like some of these stallions, their stud fees are like $20,000. Stud fee? Oh, it's just because it's a stud, they upcharge nope. 20000 or what? what you... To breed to them. Oh, wow. Yes. And then you have to buy the horse. No. Is that correct? No. Wait. You have the dam. Uh-huh. You have the mom. Uh-huh. And you want to breed her uh-huh. to that stallion. Okay. So you pay your breeding fee of, oh. say, $20,000 to this really, really fancy, nice stud. Got you. And now she's pregnant. Okay. And you wait. 11 months for the baby to come. Got you. Okay. I got you. (laughs) So there is an industry for breeding really, really well-trained, accomplished, well-built stallions. Wow. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. This is good information. I love it. I got a question (laughs) for you. I got a question on Instagram that says, when do you know when the horse is tired? Because it seems like people will run a horse to the ground and they still are just going. When do you know when the horse says, damn, I'm tired? 
<laughs> now, are you talking in like a long-term perspective? Or are just, you talking like just running a straight line? Just riding the horse. You know, I, I don't know. Just riding the horse. Like how long in the day, like in one day, like how long can you continuously ride that horse before that horse says, you know what? I'm about to lay down. I'm tired. <laughs> when will a horse give up on you? I, you will know. It'll be dead obvious. Okay. Hope was the kind of horse that she would go all day long. And she would go with like enthusiastic pep in her step. Freya is like, she'll stand there and she's like, I, I really don't, I really don't want to keep going. And you're like, come on, just a little bit longer. And she's like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> and like, you got to like squeeze her. Like, I don't kick on my horses. Okay. That's just not something that I do. And so you'll see some people that they're trying to get their horse to move and they're like kicking and kicking and kicking. And that horse is like, I'm done. I am done. Like, oh my goodness. And so every horse is different. Like, you know, Hope had a lot of stamina. Freya, not so much. Um, but mentally, it's like you can just tell, like, they'll get to a point where they'll like, they'll just put their hoof down and they'll be like, what do I got to do? Do I got to lay down for you to realize? Like, I don't know, like, how, how, if you watch their body, they'll tell you. Now, I know, uh, like, they're, they're extremely strong. So, with mm-hmm. the weight of a person on their back, is that is that, like, light to them? Do they... I'm pretty sure your weight has to, you know, it has to, draw, yeah. it has to drain them eventually. But are you... Mm-hmm. Considering a horse's strength, are we light to them when we're on, on them? Do, yeah. Okay. I'd say... I'd say, yeah. I mean, there's definitely... Like, if you were, you know, say that you're a six-foot-tall dude riding a 13-hand pony, like, that's probably, that horse is definitely not going to be the happiest camper after, like, probably 20 minutes. Okay. (laughs) But for the most part, horses can handle quite a bit of weight. And really, when you think about it, it's another one of those, like, aspects of, like, mentality kind of things of where... You can only ride them so long before they clock out. Okay. And so physically, you know, they'll... But as far as, like, harming them from, like, weighing too much, no. No. They're, they're, they were built for this. Their bodies were completely built perfectly for a rider to sit balanced on them to ride. What's the difference between a horse and a pony? <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I don't remember if it's typically people would say, well, there's the, there's the breed. There's actually like it's breeds. Exactly of bre- okay. So the pony will never grow big like a regular horse. Yes. It's going to stay. Yes, it does. Or no. I was agreeing with you. Okay. Got you. Got you. Okay. All right. Um, I always wondered that. But typically they also don't grow like over a certain height. Okay. So not, I don't know. It, I didn't do like 4-H when I was younger. I didn't know it existed. So there's like some of this knowledge that you learn in 4-H or whatnot that I'm like, I don't remember exactly. So there's probably somebody in like the live like going, oh, this is what it is. <laughs> um, but it's like 13 hands. Maybe anything under 12 hands is typically considered a pony. Okay, but, um, hold on, hold on, back up. Hands, what does that mean? 
So hands are a measurement for horses. It one hand would equal out to four inches. One okay, I'll take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have to read up on that, but I'll take that. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. No, man, this is great. This is great information. I love it. But we got to talk about your your accessory line. Is it, Are you wearing your line? Yeah, actually. Plug um, it. Plug are, it. Plug it. These are earrings that I've done. So um, I own Shamelessly Fabulous Leather. So I do a little bit of leather working. Um I'm going to like, I'm going to have to I'll give the spiel and then I got to come back to it. Okay. So I got into leatherworking because I thought horse tack was just like works of art. Like some of the companies that I followed, they made the most beautiful stuff, but it's expensive. When you, you know, horse tack, anything what is real that? leather. Huh? Are you talking about saddles? What's horse tack? Um, so the head stall. Oh, that the, will okay. Hold. Got you. Yep. Got you. Um, halters. And, you know, you can have fancy halters done that has, like, a fancy nose band made of leather. Okay. Um, the breast collar that goes across the horse's chest. Got you. I've never tried making a saddle, and that would probably be something that, like, years down the line, because they are so hard to make. Um, but I specialized in doing horse tack, earrings. Um, I've done some purses. I've done some dog collars. But um, as of this year, I kind of, like, backed off of it a little bit, and I just barely dabbled in it because I kind of just started to feel a little bit burnt out on some of the custom order stuff because people, you know, there's so many things you can customize with a horse tax set. And as a small business person, it's really hard to order from this company to get your conchos and that company to get your leather and that company to get, you know, your design or something like there's so much to it and so much time goes into it. And I never paid myself. Oh, wow. it, it was never something that like the the hard part is that there's very inexpensive tack out on the market now that's made with really cheap product that me and other fellow horse workers can't even get because it's not available to us because to us we're sold the high end the high grade mm. materials and they're using the low grade shavings wow so uh still fun fact, money yeah. So like I'm buying what's considered top grain leather. So that's where you have your leather split where it's smooth up top, rough on bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, when that leather comes in, if it's too thick, they will cut it and they'll just shave it. And then they'll sell me the top half. And that bottom half is now rough on both sides. They will refinish it and sell it as genuine leather. Mm-hmm. And that's why it peels. Mm-hmm. So if you've okay, ever had a belt that's that. peeled... Yes. And it, it's marketed as leather, genuine leather. That's because it's been refinished. Okay. So it's not the top grain leather that I have to buy to work with. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. You're and pro- then if you've seen, um, there's even like cheaper leather products. What they'll do is they'll use those shavings and bind them together with an adhesive oh and kind God. of pack it down like a particle board. Yeah. And then that is um, then used to make cheaper leather products like some horse tack that's out on the market that's terrible so yeah (laughs) it's really it's really hard to like so in my mind because i enjoy um i'm from a family of entrepreneurs and in my mind i'm sitting here going 
I really enjoy leatherworking as a hobby, but I also want something that makes me, it, this is gonna sound bad, but it, it makes me enough money that I can do it and have hobbies. Right. If that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I want something that can bring an income yeah. for me. And I knew leather working was never going to be that thing. So this year was more of my year of like sitting down to kind of think, what can I do? Okay. You know, my, my, so I work for my parents, my parents own capital concrete pumping. Okay. Um, okay. You mentioned that I do dispatch for them and it's, it's, I think just that on growing up with a, entrepreneurs for parents i want my own thing yeah so i've been chomping at the bit like what can i do what can i do what can i do what what am i feeling compelled to do because i enjoy it because i love it and i'm working on a new venture so i it's very much early in the works i just ordered the machine last night oh wow and so i'm going to get into doing t-shirts okay so there's not even like a business name like i know you just know you want to I do have it. an idea. Yeah, like I okay. have an idea of a name and I love the meaning behind it, but I'm not sure that I love the name. So everything's still very early in the works, but I'm super excited. And that's why I was telling you earlier, I was like, I am like so pumped for the future. Like I'm not going to yeah. be the same person a year from now. Oh yeah. And it's You're excited about journey. it. You know, if it excites you, then you know it's the right thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Are you going to, are you going to, um... Put it on the website that you have now. Matter of fact, give us your website for your accessories. I know you're not doing it right now, but mm -hmm. there. So yeah, What's, the website's still up. It's shamelesslyfabulousleather.com. Okay. So you can go on there. I believe I have earrings on there. Um, for the people that are local, they can also find my earrings in the Branded by M trailer. So that was, um, we actually had the Branded by M trailer set up Sunday at the barrel race. So if okay. people follow her page, they can see where she'll be set up. And then I'm going to start actually adding a couple new items in there as well. Okay. So that'll be pretty cool. Like if people want to shop in person, see it in person, they can see it there. And then if not, we can go online to shamelesslyfabulousleather.com. So are you still going to do the accessories? Even yes. You do okay. So the shirt, yep. the shirt business should be the primary. Bring the income yep. and then this will be your house. Yeah, and this okay. is like this, you know, this is kind of what brings me joy of like I get to play with this and yeah. so this is where the like creative kind of gets to be a little more outgoing. Okay. And that those earrings, those are leather? Yeah, these are leather earrings. Those are really nice. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, nice. So they look good on you. Yeah. Cool. Hey, listen, I got some trivia for you. Okay. All right. Give it to me. I got some trivia for you. Let's see. Um, question number one. I got some some. I'm just gonna give it to you, and it's not multiple choice. You gotta tell me these answers because you're the expert here. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, rodeo is the official state sport of which two states? I would say probably Texas. And I'm going to guess Oklahoma. Nope. One more try. Was I wrong? Tex on no, Texas is correct. Okay. But Oklahoma is not. One more. One more try. Nevada? Nope. Wyoming. Oh. Well, shoot. I should have <laughs> known that one. <laughs> 
right, you're half and half, half and half on that. Yeah. Um, do you know who is the only bull rider in history to score a perfect 100? I'm going to guess Lane Frost. No. No. One more try. It wasn't Tuff Hedeman, was it? He was the only one to do it. That's what I. That's what I read. Well, it wasn't anybody recent. No, it was a while ago. And it wasn't Tuff Hedeman. No, it was Wade Leslie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> yeah, that's a I I kind of hate to admit it, but like a lot of. Okay, I won't even say that. Um, there are people that like the rough stock events, mm. and then there are people that like the timed events when it comes to rodeo. And I get scared for those rodeo, for the bull riders. Oh my God, yeah. Because it's like, I watched a nasty wreck this year, and I'm like, that that man has a wife, it has a child, and he was out for minutes. Yeah. And I, I was just terrified He's to five? like... He survived. Okay, good, good. Um, but it's that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the Bronc riders, they can get racked up really bad too. Yeah. But for the most part, they make a qualifying ride. But the bull riders, I mean, it's 50-50 shot if they're going to stay on. And even if they stay on, are they going to make a good ride? And it scares me too much. I care about these people and their families. Yeah. And I'm like, because, you know, you don't get... Rodeo is different than, say, um, basketball. You know, these people have contracts to go play. Yeah. You pay to go rodeo, go rodeo to try win money and if you can't compete at your top form there's your living right. it's gone. Oh. So, all right, next question. Okay, what color can horses not see? They can't see a color. Mhm. One color. One color they cannot see. Is it red? Yes, it is red. Oh, so good. Don't Freya red because she can't see it. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. I was going to say, all her buckets are purple, so that explains oh, a lot. Okay. All right. So she's good then. She's good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, what country has the highest population of horses? Is it England? Is it the U.S.? Is it Canada? Is it I Mexico? Would actually, I would guess it was actually the U.S. because of how many wild mustangs we have. Ding, 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 ding! You are correct. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Uh, what is... I don't even know why I'm asking you this. What's the most popular rodeo event? Probably bull riding. Correct. All right, and the last question is, how long have horses existed? According to whose timeline? <laughs> All right, this is from the beginning of time. I mean, I don't know when I would say that they were first recorded. Because, I mean, I would think that they were, you know, from the beginning when man was hunting with a sharpened stick. You know, they were horseback. Yeah, that's probably about right. It's 45 oh. to 55 million years. Okay. Yeah. So they've been around a long time. <laughs> I mean, they talk about, you know, the, um, the pictures of horses 
being drawn in caves and yeah. everything. So it's like we know they've been around for so long. They've carried people across the lands and they've hunted on them and they're really just such an amazing animal. Yeah. Oh my god, I've learned so much tonight. I really <laughs> did not know that yeah. I'm telling you, I said when I was honest when I said I could talk to you for about barrel racing the entire hour. There was no way we were covering this in 30 minutes. Yeah, you did that. Yes, indeed. We're well at an hour and nine minutes now. So yeah, mm-hmm. you did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that good. It's good. It makes for a good show. I had someone comment saying, "Wow, this is good information about riding. I never knew this stuff. Like, for real, all mm-hmm. this technical stuff. That's cool. why I'm asking you. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because yeah, most people don't know this stuff. That is true. You know, yeah. the the average person doesn't own a horse. They may ride it when they go to yeah. the island somewhere and they ride through the water on a guided tour. Like, who's riding yeah. horses? A lot of people aren't owning horses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I could I could never just let anybody get on Freya and try to ride. I They would have to sign, like, uh, in case I fall off, break a leg, or die. Like, I will not, you know, <laughs> come after you for anything. She has a lot of horse, so... Yeah, man. Hey, I got one last question for you, though. Mm-hmm. What is it that will make... I know if, they, if they're if they spooked, you know, they'll, they'll kick you if you're behind them. Like, is, mm-hmm. what really makes a horse want to kick you? Or is it is just out of fear? Or are they, like, get away from me? Or are they scared? Like, what happens there? Because I heard, like, this horrible story about um, a child being kicked in the chest and it, it, like, basically crushed his heart and he died instantly. Like... This is crazy stuff because they're so strong. Like, what happens to make these horses want to kick you? I think it's it really... So there's a lot going on there. One, it could be, how is the horse treated? Mm. Was there something ongoing that maybe they were being abused oh. and that they felt the fight or flight instinct kick in? That they had to fight by kicking to keep themselves safe. Yeah. Um, horses work in a herd dynamic. So they will push each other around to establish dominance. And so that's why you'll see horses fight in the wild and they'll kick at each other and whatever. And that's them saying, hey, I get to eat first. I get to drink water first. So it could have been that, you know, the horse was trying to say, hey, this is my food. Stay away. You know, some horses get food aggressive because maybe they had been starved. And so they get very like, don't touch my food because it might disappear. Um, you know, it, there's so many different things that could be different scenarios. Yeah, but that's where I think a lot of people first they need to learn how to read a horse so they can understand why a horse might react that way. Because some people will say, "Oh, they just he started bucking out of nowhere," and I'm like, "Did you not see that he was telling you with his ears, with his eyes, with his face, with his muscles that he wasn't happy ten minutes before the buck happened?" Right. So, like, I think that... just, um, like, I've only known, you know, kicking backwards or whatever, but if they start bucking, like, will they get up on their hind legs and, like, pounce on you as well? Not really. Okay. No. Um, I mean, even, like, say, horses that buck for rodeo, they actually buck because they really enjoy doing that. Um, they, oh, really? They breed these horses for this. Okay. So just like we have horses bred to run barrels, there's horses that naturally buck really well. And then they breed those horses to other horses that buck really well. And those horses, because they're good at it, they enjoy it. 
their bodies are built for it and they're like look what i can do and they'll go out there and they'll give the audience a show yeah they just and they'll they'll their, out. yeah and they leave their <laughs> head held high like that guy couldn't stay on for even two seconds like they're you know people That's think that they gotta cinch them up and beat them up to do this and those animals they love what they do, do when, yeah. they, when like it's easy for them dancing yeah <laughs> so but wow. um yeah no it's uh i've hope has reared up and fallen back on me once um that Falling was my you? own yeah so she reared up and fell backwards and like i fell off and hit the ground and she kind of landed next to me, and there was a hole in the ground right by my shoulder where the saddle horn had hit. Oh, my God. So she had landed on my right leg, rolled over, and got up and ran off. And it was because I was not educated enough on what I was trying to ask her to do. And I pushed her pretty much. I and kind of mentally pushed her into a corner where she was like, Lady, you don't understand what you're trying to say. I don't understand what you're trying to ask me to do. We need a break. And well, she hit the eject button. Oh, so, wow. That's so, I mean, crazy. A lot of the time, horses don't kick, buck, bite, whatever, until you push them to the point that they have to raise their voice to tell you something's wrong. Okay. All right. I just needed some clarity on that because I, I heard a story. And, I, you know, I've always been told, hey, don't walk behind that horse, you know? Yeah. So, I just don't walk behind horses because I can't read them. And I refuse to, uh, yeah. you know, try to read them to know better. So I just like this and I'm not walking behind the horse. Yeah. <laughs> well, gonna... and I, I try to tell Ariel, my daughter, I tell her don't walk behind them. And instead she walks under Freya's belly. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's safer. Um, <laughs> but I mean, even my horses, you know, horses are naturally kind of flighty animals. So mine, they'll be just eating breakfast and forget that I'm in their pen scooping their pen. And I'll like walk up with my pitchfork and they'll just like all four legs like just jump out to the sides and they're like, I didn't know you were still here. And I'm like, oh, wow. How did you? So, I mean, sometimes that's, you know, just them like being in their own little world and not realizing the environment going on around them. And then the fight or flight kicks in and they just like, what? Freak out for a second. Yeah, so. I, I just won't walk behind a horse. It's, it's not <laughs> it's, happen. They actually say it's a lot safer to walk really close to the horse. So you put your hand on their hind end and you just walk really close because if they have the momentum to build in that swing, yeah. you're going to get hurt a lot more. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if you have the I was option also told to walk, that too. Yeah, if you have the option to walk really far around, do it. If the other option is to be right behind them, that's the safer of the two. Okay. Got you. Yeah. This is great information, man. I, I really appreciate <laughs> I really appreciate all this. Seriously, no, this has been very yeah. enlightening and educational. So cool. thank you for your transparency. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and spending mm -hmm. this hour and 16 yeah. minutes with us. No, seriously, like this is great. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Well, it's it's been fun. Yes. I loved it. This is really cool. I'm so glad to have had the opportunity to be here to talk about this. So absolutely I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. And um, I pray that it all goes well with your newfound venture. Thank and, you. you know, everything goes yep. great. I'll be following you, you know, follow all my guests. Support mm -hmm. 
the whole nine. So I'll be around. <laughs> All right. Sounds I'll definitely good. be around. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Oh, plug your website one more time. So everybody. So it's shamelesslyfabulousleather.com. Yes. And it will be in the description down below of the video. Mm -hmm. So you guys can click on that and go check her out and support guys. And you can also check her out on Instagram at B Kerrigan, B-E-E. B E E Kerrigan on Instagram. Check her out, guys. Follow her. She's on uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that. It's all down below. No, tw not Twitter. TikTok. Nope. On TikTok. Yep. TikTok. TikTok. There we go. Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> IG, website, support Brianna Kerrigan. Yes. Oh. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Kicking it with Cool Card every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You never know who I might have. Come get these gems. Come get this love. It's all love on here, guys. All right. Until next time, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow Brianna. Make sure you follow me. Hit the subscribe, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Subscribing only helps me bring more people to you. All right. Until next time, y'all. Peace and love. We appreciate you guys. And we are out. Have a good night. <laughs>